Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome everybody, this is Man Up Podcast number 226. Spiritual Oasis for Men, we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab globe, spin it around, bang! Not sure where you ended up, but spin it around, find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. And uh, right now, baseball is still in season. If you're in uh, Sugarland, Astros! Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, momentarily, momentarily, we are. You know, we're not pastors, we're just regular guys, and each of us are on our own spiritual journey. We feel that all men are leaders, leaders of your family, leaders at work, leaders in your church and community, but sometimes that lead dog needs to be fed and spiritually recharged, and that's why we are here. So whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, our website, which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com, or pray.com, however you found us. We're glad you're joining us. And we're on this No Church Answers Tour. And you're, if you've wondered, what, what, what is this man up about? It, very simple. What we do is we take a standard ABF, which is Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School Lessons, a, a lesson from the Bible. But what we do here is we have a discussion with men that are from different walks of life with different outlooks. And we have a discussion on that and we update it and bring it up to time. What should it mean to us? Unpeel it like an onion and put a man spin on it. So that's the unique perspective and the No Church Answers Tour. And that's what it means and that's what we do here. So, and I want to go ahead and at this time, I want to introduce our panel and he is a former world-class policy writer still knows how to write though but he's just a current professional gambler and our producer mr steve ditch yo hey steve and he is a corporate trainer pretty much the group theologian we call him the professor robert koshu is here hey robert hey, hey robert everybody and uh, we're missing uh, the judge who happens to be out and I uh, hope he's uh, feeling better. And uh, Kyle's on a sabbatical and Earl is uh, doing something with the game. So <clears throat> this is a great lesson and I'm glad that you, you folks are uh, tuning in. So um, and with that, want to go around and uh, get a basic overview and start off with uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we are studying the book of Judges. We are uh, up to uh, uh, chapter 3, Ehud. And this is a rather thrilling story. Uh, it goes by quickly, but we get a daring assassination followed by a rally cry and a routing of the enemy. And again, as I said last week, I don't think the point is that uh, God led these armies into battle. The point is that God, uh, call, God called an unlikely individual to lead a restoration after the nation of Israel had fallen. Excellent, uh, Professor. Yeah, this, this is one of those where you, this story, you start to see the pattern where God, we'll, we'll talk a little more about it, but the pattern evolves to the point where God puts his spirit on one person, usually somebody we're not expecting, for a period of time only, which I, it is much different than we have today. The Holy Spirit is with us all the time, but it's there and available to us all the time. It's there for a period of time for a specific purpose. And so you start to see this pattern emerge here with this story. Excellent. And, and of course, the, uh, the source is the Bible. But we use different publications that put out study guides. We're currently in the Connect 360, 
360. It's called The Conquerors, and it is the a study of judges, and it's by Baptist Way Press, which we've used uh, many times in the past. Excellent discussions, and the author uh, <clears throat> authors are excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to read the passage that we're going to focus on today, and that is uh, Judges 3, 12 through 30. And the people of Israel, again, did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord strengthened Eglon, the king of Moab, against Israel, because they had done what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He gathered to himself the Ammonites and the Amalekites and went and defeated Israel. And they took possession of the city of Palms. And the people of Israel served Eglon, the king of Moab, 18 years. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, and the Lord raised up for them a deliverer, Ehud, the son of Gera, a, the Benjamite, a left-handed man. The people of Israel sent tribute by him to Eglon, the king of Moab. And Ehud made for himself a sword with two edges, a cubit in length, and he bound it on the right thigh under his clothes, and he presented the tribute to Eglon, king of Moab. Now Eglon was a very fat man. And when Ehud had finished presenting the tribute, he sent away the people who had carried the tribute. But he himself turned back at the idols near Gilgad and said, I have a secret message for you, O king. And he commanded silence. And all his attendants went out from his presence. And Ehud came to him as he was sitting alone in his cool roof chamber. And Ehud said, I have a message from God for you. And he arose from his seat. And Ehud reached with his left hand, took the sword from his right thigh, and thrust it into his belly. And the hilt also went in after the blade and the Fat closed over the blade, for he did not pull the sword out of the belly, and the dung came out. Then Ehud went into the porch and closed the doors of the roof chamber behind him and locked them. When he had gone, the servants came, and when they saw that the doors of the roof chambers were locked, they thought, surely he is relieving himself in the closet of the cool chamber. And they waited till they were embarrassed. But when he still did not open the door of the roof chamber, they took the key and opened them, and there lay their Lord dead on the floor. He had escaped while they delayed, and he passed beyond the idols and escaped to Sarath. Where he arrived, he sounded the trumpet in the hill country of Ephraim. Then the people of Israel went down with him from the hill country, and he was their leader. And he said to them, Follow after me, for the Lord has given your enemies, the Moabites, into your hand. So they went down after him and seized the fords of the Jordan against the Moabites and did not allow anyone to pass over. And they killed at that time about 10,000 of the Moabites, all strong, able-bodied men. Not a man escaped. So Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel, and the land had rest for 80 years. I just have a couple of comments on that, and uh, I, I just wanted to throw in. Um, I am I am left-handed, and as a matter of fact, in my family, there's seven of us, and uh, four, four of the seven are left-handed, and of those four, three are very creative, and so that just kind of goes with the stereotype of the left of a left-handed person. It's also a pretty good bullpen. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. In the middle of you the AL right. Oh, yeah. That's right. We're, we're checking scores as we play right. here today. That's for sure. Well, now, so we skipped over. So we did Judges 1 last week. This week we're doing Judges 3. And we skipped Judges 2 partially because the story isn't as long. It's a very short story, but it sets up a lot of what goes on with Judges. As you look at it, Judges has a very definitive pattern to the entire book. Israel sins, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. They cry out to God because God punishes them. 
usually using a foreign power. Interestingly enough, the the big bad, so if you're into movies, the big bad is like the big bad that's throughout, like if you're an MCU guy, and we're going to reference the MCU a lot in this, Thanos was the big bad because he was there throughout the entire first 23 movies, <laughs> you know, was Thanos kind of in the background. The big bad of judges is the Philistines. They don't show up yet. We're dealing with the small fries right now. So the first one is in chapter two is Mesopotamia, which Mesopotamia becomes much bigger, much lighter. That's Iran, Iraq, they're kind baby, of in that area. They're baby Persia at that point. Yeah, they're baby Persia. That, that's a really good way to put it. They're baby Persia. Um, so they're, they're out there, and that's who God uses in chapter two. But so Israel sins. They get punished, so they cry out to God. God appoints a leader. They conquer and repent, and then they get rest, and then rinse, repeat. <laughs> it, it's interesting because their sin, there were multiple things, but it all started with one thing. It started with idol worship. And if you go back and... We've done the Ten Commandments, but we haven't really done Exodus. It's kind of interesting the way this has gone. But God's command to the Israelis when they were going into the Holy Land was go into the Holy Land, take possession of the land, kill the Canaanites, kill all the Canaanites. Do not give your daughters to them in marriage. Do not marry their daughters because you need to purge their worship of Baal and Asherah and all those other things out from the land because if you marry their women they're going to tempt you to worship with Baal now we've talked at length about Solomon and how well that went for him <laughs> but that was the reality of it is that they would come in and they would worship and fall away to idols and what I find interesting is that and, and that's the pattern and then in the chapter 2 they raise up Othniel who was actually a nephew of Caleb, who we talked about before. So he was another old guy who had kind of hung around, you know. And, and so he actually led them, defeated the Mesopotamians, and then moved on. And now we're in the story of Ehud. But I think, it, I think it's worth pausing to talk a little bit about this idolatry because I think there is something there that we can talk about a little bit, especially from a man perspective. Because to my knowledge... In, now, I am going to honestly say in Western America, the United States, Western culture, so I'm going to be very, very specific about that, there is not little statues that we're bowing down to and worshiping, unless, of course, you're counting Jobu during baseball season, for all you major league people, if you've ever watched the movie Major League. <laughs> but, I'm sorry, we have baseball on the mind today. But, you know, by and large, we are, there is not that going on. But there are other things that we do that I think we do idolatry with. And that we did talk at length about this in our podcast series on the Ten Commandments, where you shall have no other gods before me. And we talked about what those were. But, but I think it's a little bit of a good discussion to have I, I'm because this is one of those. Yeah. Throw this out. Yeah. I mean, we, I'm looking at least in this section. The Israelites know why they've been punished. Do they? Do they even? Are they even cognizant of how God is viewing their idolatry? And have they? Have they made a? You might say a cause and effect connection, or have they just cried out? They're groaning. They're they're suffering under under the Moabites in this case, and they suffered under the Mesopotamians. Did has the light gone on yet that this happens because we really defy? The commandments, and I know you've got some. The, the yeah. prophets have not arrived yet. Right, right. The prophets right. don't show up till much later in the era of the of the kings. But uh, so so do they? Do they even know? And I I'm think not excusing them. Do I, they even you gave know? Me some, I don't some think clues. they're the There's connection. some clues in here, mm -hmm. and some clues is this: mm -hmm. uh, Eglon was fat. And they make a big point of that. Okay, now think of it. Think of it this way: the ruling, the ruling party is fat. That means the oppressed people are thin. Okay, 
And so uh, Ehud apparently was an accountant, okay? Mm -hmm. So he might have been the treasurer or certainly a tax collector or something and had a uh, relationship with Eglon, okay? And you think about uh, accountants and those types of people. If he was left-handed, he was probably more ambidextrous than most because typically accountant and number people are right-handed, okay? Basically, in American society, a person that is left-handed has to be more ambidextrous than a right-handed person because there's so much more that is built right-handed, and you have to function, okay? But they bring it up so much that in, the, in this particular thing that he was fat. You get the idea that he represents gluttony and oppression over the Israelites. And so Ehud has a relationship with them and finally has had enough. And I know each of you, I know I have, you started to have a fight with someone, you walked away, and then you know what? And then you decided, you know what? I am not going to take this. And you turn around and you jump right back in. And I think that's a big part of the story. Well, that, the whole Ehud thing, I, and I want to get, I, I actually want to get to that because that's okay. a whole interesting story. But I want to go back to, to this, this idea of idolatry because it does, it, it's going to continue like a thread through everything. Oh, it, 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 right. Israel's it, idolatry was not cured. And, and until the Babylonian um, captivity, and, it took that to and, get it. And out I've of always it. said, and I've said in the past, it's kind of endemic. It's not, and but it's, it's really the one sin that God is that angers God the most. Not a lot of other things, but you know that's the pretty much the first commandment, and it's laid down in Exodus and throughout the the Torah that your you. That the the Lord's beneficence, their 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 fruitfulness in the the Holy Land, in like we say, or their fruitfulness in Canaan, will last as long as they are faithful to God, and they they start falling away immediately. And this is this is kind of the sad irony because I think it's a human trait. Maybe that's why we end up with the Son of God at the, at the end of this whole thing, at the climax of this whole thing, that, that God basically figures the only way to do this is through, through some kind of salvation, salvate, salvic action, I think that's, that's the term. But the, it, it's almost, I mean, it seems, it seems that's almost the natural order of things. And I think that, and I want to continue going, I think that's the lesson here, how quickly how quickly you can fall into idolatry, and, and, and I'm going to say it's without, without always realizing it. Well, and I think it's interesting because, so chapter 2, 16 and 17, then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of these raiders, yet they would not listen to these judges, to their judges, but prostituted themselves to other God and worshiped them, and unlike their fathers, they quickly turned from the way in which their fathers had walked, the way of obedience to the Lord's commands. And, and I think it's one of those that they have this long conversation, like you said. I think they're aware, but I think it's, it's a little bit of a cultural preparation is not the right term, but cultural accommodation. And we're going to come back to more cultural accommodation. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. Podcast new number 226. We'll be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders. Are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. 
And welcome back to this Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. Podcast number 226. We are in the studies of judges. And we're talking about war, warriors, idol worship. Uh, we're going for it all. And uh, I, what I wanted to go ahead and just pick up on the topic is this. I, I think uh, the thing about uh, the Israelites uh, being so strict on uh, making sure that they cleanse the uh, the earth of the like the Moabites when they when they conquer somebody is because they're a people that hasn't had their own dirt. And so in order to, to keep your society together, you have to go ahead and have those strict rules because you don't have your own dirt. Now, you can compare that to the United States. United States has its own dirt. But there is very little commonality among the people that occupy that. However, they do have borders. That's the difference with the Israelites. Well, well the Israelites did have their... They, they were... At this time, almost there was contests for every, every bit of property. Property around of, it. Of land. In that area. And so, and so yeah, so they're, they're constantly these skirmishes and wars and if you look at the time you look in the industry the battle leads are these are called kingdoms but they're relatively small yeah and and right. israel wasn't even a kingdom at this time it was a it was a group of of 12 of, of essentially 11 tribes because the levites didn't have their apportion and 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 their land was to the israelites apportioned by god literally bordered out and, and, and that's all, all in the Bible, how, you know, it's going to be from here to here and here to here. From the right. Past. And so, but, but let, yeah, now let's get into Ehud and, and his, his interesting situation because uh, there, there are, uh, the, the author of this study sees him as exactly you, as you did, a, a kind of accountant, somebody who was in the system. Right. And he might have been. I mean, the, the, I was reading some other commentary that, that might suggest that he was, the Bible tells us he was called to, you know, he was going to present the tribute, which essentially yeah. present the tax collection right. to the king. And, and that he just might have been assigned that role yeah. by, by the, the Israelite council, whoever they were. But I think what, what's important is that he was somehow trusted. And I, right. and I, and I think this bends more toward... He had some familiarity with the king, with Eglon, and the, the whole thing to me is like it's almost a Michael Corleone Salazzo thing, right? Um, you know, they 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 sit or maybe he sits around with his conspiracies and they're wondering we got to get rid of Eglon, and 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 he stand he stands up and says, "I can do it," and then somebody says, "You're the accountant," <laughs> right, 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 right. They laugh like they did in that scene. And then yeah. he says, no, I'm left-handed. They will search me, but they won't search my right thigh. Yeah. And he, I will, at, when the time comes, I will say I've got a message for him only. And because he knows me and because he know, trusts me, he will send his, his guards away. And then I'll kill him. Right. And I mean, that goes through. And it's a very exciting because this whole you, operation right. goes through. And then he escapes. You know, you can see him escaping in the. He, right. he, he manages to get away quietly while, yeah. while everybody thinks he's in the bathroom. This is, this is kind of this earthly. Well, he's, he's not a warrior. He's not a warrior. Yes. yes. <laughs> you, you know, so you wouldn't expect it. That, well, this is, this is a classic case where god uses the unexpected yes. <laughs> later we're gonna we're gonna talk about samson and samson is the guy you would expect that would go out and kill a thousand <laughs> philistines or whatever because you know he's the big bad strong guy this is the small little dude that no one expects you know that that goes and takes care of this and does this for everybody and and it's interesting because the moabites they're killed, and you, and you notice when we read the end, the Moabites, they kill all the men, but they don't kill the women. Mm -hmm. And the Moabites essentially integrate into the kingdom after this. You know, Ruth was a Moabite. It's it's interesting because as, as a good, as you say, as a good MCU story, the 
the the the enemies are not quite completely defeated. There's a yeah, route, right. and it's a pretty because apparently, if you if we understand the story right, the Israelites cut off their escape. Yeah, they yeah. they they outflank them around because this is this is for for for. I looked this up. This essentially is taking place in Jer- Jer- Jericho. I'm sorry, in Jericho along the banks of the Jordan. Uh, the fa- a town that figures so much in the Bible. That's the city of Palms. Um, it's pretty clear because it's, cl- it's, it's down below the hill country of Ephraim. It's close to Gilgal, which is mentioned. And it's 30 miles from Jerusalem. It's a very nice, it's, you know, it's, it's, and, but it's, it's, ba- it's on the borders of the Jordan River, and that's probably how the Moabites came in. They would easily take this city. And the, the Israelites outflanked them and, and didn't even let them escape. The men, and it makes a point to say it's the men. So, so the Moabites, obviously there are still Moabites because they're, they, they, do, or they are on the other side of the Dead Sea. They do have a country there, a, a, a geography, we'll call it country in, the, in quotes. But yeah, and, and, and of course Ruth comes from there later yeah. in the in the Yeah, it, it, it's interesting, but it, it's one of those, and, and go, let's go back to the, the cultural appropriation mm-hmm. or accommodation, accommodation, I think is the right word. <laughs> because so they were supposed to go in and possess the land. They mm-hmm. left these Canaanite cities and Moabite mm-hmm. cities down in the plain, and the Israel pretty much kind of occupied up the hill country. And they left these little enclaves of this mm-hmm. other all around, contrary mm-hmm. to what God wanted. And I think some of it was the idea that, well, we got to get along with these people, so whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you think that daughter, you think her, their girl's hot. Okay, go ahead and marry her. That's fine. We'll deal with it. And, and I wonder if on one level, the priest line, and, and Levi is mm-hmm. sometimes how it's referred to because it was the tribe of Levi, mm-hmm. if there weren't at least certain members of it that said, yeah, 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 you can do that. That's fine. Just make sure you come mm-hmm. c- come down here to Shiloh. That's where the tabernacle was mm-hmm. located with the altar and the Ark of the Covenant and all that. Just go go do it. Just make sure you make it down here to Shiloh once a year, you know, mm-hmm. and offer your sacrifice and yeah. it'll all be in okay. In words, come to church on Sunday. Yeah. And yes. <laughs> yes. Come to church on Sunday mm-hmm. and take care of it and don't worry about all that other stuff. Just, you know, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get the bull. We'll kill the bull. It'll be fine. <laughs> you know, and, and I wonder if on one level going in through that maybe that contributed to this somewhat that they're because you get the idea that there weren't synagogues like the Jew, the the synagogue movement where there were different synagogues in different towns that did not evolve until after the Babylonian captivity everything centered on the temple and which really didn't exist. You had right, Shiloh. Right, had, which had, up until then, which a, before that was the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. And so it was fairly, if you think about it, in the Exodus, it was easy for everybody to worship because we camped and there was a very specific setup of the camp. Tabernacle, Ark of Covenant in the middle, tribes are mm-hmm. all around it basically. Levi took care of the middle. Then when they moved, there was a certain order. They would stop, set it all back up. You know, but now the Israeli tribes are scattered basically from the Dead Sea almost up to the Sea of Galilee, all on either side of the Jordan River, almost to the coast of the Mediterranean. And there's a little sliver of land there. It's called Gaza now, but it became it became the the land of the Philistines, basically. But they're all scattered. And the tabernacle is at Shiloh, which is roughly, it is kind of sort of in the middle, but it ain't close to everybody. And so maybe that's, you know, maybe that contributed to this. That, and, and, and maybe this is part of what we can talk about, out of sight, out of mind, as far as Yahweh goes. You know, Yahweh's down there in Shiloh mm-hmm. because it was very much a, and you have to think of the mindset, it was very much a, the Ark of the Covenant is the presence of God. That's where he lives. It's not like we think of God today where God and the Holy Spirit are basically everywhere. No, they're in one specific you, place. You might wonder that just like today, there's so much distraction. You, you see brand names everywhere. 
In your town, and certainly in Texas, there's a lot of churches. You don't have to go far to find one, but it's usually down a street uh, in a more residential area. We're we you know <laughs> we're on the freeway. So is Sugar Creek and and a few others, but uh, it's even getting here. You have to go buy a McDonald's. You have to go buy all sorts of chains. At least three Starbucks. And yes, and <laughs> and uh, you see kind of so so imagine imagine these people who, you know who are living up uh, 40, 50 miles from Shiloh. There's a Shira pole up. There's Three or four There's bales. other practices, and, and, and by the way, if your if your crops fail, Bale was the agriculture guy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we didn't get enough rain this year. Well, honey, why don't you go give some stuff to Bale? You know, <laughs> just to be on the same just side. To, yeah, exactly, yes. <laughs> exactly. And, and I think that, and, and like you said, I think maybe mm-hmm. the out of sight, out of mind, and then the distractions mm-hmm. too lead to that, and and maybe that's what we talked about as we keep moving forward after the break is how do we keep those distractions from occurring? Because that literally is what causes Israel to fall in every one of these, every story we're going to read from here forward is literally all about Israel sinning and falling away due to idolatry. (laughs) And we're going to go ahead and take that second break because I am a little bit distracted. This is podcast number 226. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment, or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters, or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 226. I absolutely agree with what the professor's been talking about, about the Israelites. They have their, they have their own land. They're, they're trying to be at peace. They intermarry uh, with the Moabites, and uh, things just seem to get diluted. And how many times in your life does that happen to you? I can tell you this. Myself, often. And it's because, I, and I can tell you why. It's because I want peace and I don't want to either fight or I don't want to be a referee. I don't want to impose my will on somebody else. I don't necessarily want to take their will. So my compromise is, eh, I won't, we'll, we'll both be lukewarm. And obviously that's wrong. <laughs> and, that's, and that's a good part because that's kind of maybe Ehud up to this point. Something, something changes his mind. And to, to pick up on, on, on what we've been talking about, everybody's going along to get along. Going Sometimes along to get it along. takes one guy, or we'll see later, one woman in the case of Deborah, but one person. <laughs> Sometimes it takes one person who sets an example and or who steps up. And and this is this is where the men's part come in because it doesn't have to be Samson. It doesn't have to be the strongest biggest guy. It can be the accountant. And not only this, after after he pulls off this stealth assassination, he's the one who blows the trumpet. He 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 escapes up He's to all Ephraim in. And he is and, and, and all he's, in. he's he basically sounds the 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 
the uh, the trumpet and they all let's go, man. And you know, and the thing about it is, once you get the hardest guy to convince, and I would think that he probably would be mm-hmm. one of the hardest guys because he's been interfacing and having a relationship essentially with the oppressor, mm-hmm. with well, the enemy. And and, and and was he somebody who? adopted and went along to get along absolutely and then even he he finally said you know what enough is enough enough is enough you folks were right i stabbed him give me that horn we're going it's go time and i think ever i mean honestly (laughs) when when i read that and i talked uh, i talked to andrew i'll admit that and he gave me this great idea he goes Dad, it sounds like he went postal. I go, he got upset. He goes, yeah, not only did he get upset, but he delivered too. And you know what? You know what? That kind of thing, that is the man thing for me to take of it. Because what really bugs me and will will eat on me is not going to be the same thing as producer Steve or Professor Robert. Mine is going to be different. My, what sticks in my craw is going to be unique to me, and there's going to come a point, and I think that's part of this lesson. I, 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 I think, Bill, to, to, to follow what you're saying, I think that the situation maybe to take away is everybody, everybody the Israelites, went along to, to get along. And who knows what... Let, let, let's speculate for a minute that, that Ehud was one of these guys... And he put up with a lot of stuff. He watched a lot of oppression. And he still kind of kept his head down and did his job because, you know, it was Go good along pay to get along. Until, until finally he woke up one morning after accommodating this and, and said to himself, you know something, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is just... I, I, and what, and I'm, maybe there was no... Mo- there was there was no in, in Exodus Moses uh, sees the slave yeah. killed and beats the beats the overseer to death. Maybe there was no moment like that. Maybe he woke up and basically said to himself, "This could be a lot better than being pushed around by this foreign leader and these foreign powers." By the in, bat king, yeah, in my by own the country, bat yes. king. Yes. And then, so I, I'm serious, and man. Makes well, himself he, a sword. That's that he he he. You know. Like, there he is, yeah. banging it out. I mean, it's not... He's thinking it out <laughs> as he's making it. And I, I can just I can just see it, you know. And, and, he's, and he's rehearsing it. And then when he goes in there the first time, he kind of feels it out and just kind of chickens out. And then as he walks out and he goes, you know what? I am going for it. I mean, and, and you know what? And, and I can tell you this. Uh, you can, folks may have a sense out there that I might be a little bit more on the aggressive <laughs> side, and uh, really? and I am. Occasionally. And, and the thing about it is, and I remember this vividly, uh, my parents didn't want me to fight at school, but I had four sisters, and, and so nobody was going to stick up for me. I, I had to stick up for myself. But I was also a wrestler, so I didn't mind fighting. But, and the, but the thing about it is... Uh, my dad didn't want me to fight at all, but my grandpa said, if you fight, win. <laughs> and, and the thing about it is, when you do that first aggressive strike and then you commit, that's the hardest one. Because once you've committed, once he did the sword, once he stuck it in his belly, I, I can just say, man, I've done it. And he jammed it all the way in and he just left it there. You, you know what I'm saying? He was he was committed uh, right then. And there comes that time that you just feel that you just have to go with it and, and, and you commit. And that's and to me, that's the that's the man lesson uh, on this. Well, and, and so this is oct- end of October, mid-October 2021. And we're in the middle of the Great Resignation. And, and you may have heard of it. If you have, it is this story circulating about, about all these people, they're just quitting their job. And I've been in HR. It's a real thing. It's happening. And part of it, like you said, Bill, it's because people have had enough. You know, they've been treated badly by their employers, mainly maybe during the, during the Pandemic. whole thing. Um, right. There's a big, big movement. I'm not going to blame it on the vaccine, but there is a big movement where 
a lot of jobs are telling people, no, you have to come back in the office now. And people are looking at them going, I've been doing this for two years from home. What do you mean I have to come back to an office? You know, I save $100, $200 a month not having to commute to the office. You're going to give me a $200 pay raise? Well, you know. also, you know, and like uh, I have two college, well, one college student now. And uh, and th- he was telling me that, uh, you know, Dad, uh, the government's got everybody thinking that the corona is going to kill them. So why would I work at Wendy's the last month of my life? That's a good point, well, too, if man. You want, if you want to see kind of... Blind, you know, kind of an, a, an a blindness to idolatry. Uh, people out there worship their careers. They worship their jobs, but maybe yep. more more accurately, they worship their careers. And now Absolutely. they are beginning to realize they've begun to realize exactly how much they're sacrificing for well, that, they, they, and if it's yes. worth it. Yeah. Yes. If it's Steve, worth it, that extra promotion, changing their values. That extra, yes. And, 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 and that maybe is definitely that, playing mm-hmm. into this. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%, because there are people that realize, you know what? I can take my kid to school. Mm-hmm. I'm not dropping them off an hour and a half before school mm-hmm. starts and having to be home three hours after mm-hmm. he's there because, you know, I could punch out for a few minutes, take him mm-hmm. to school, punch out a few minutes, pick him up, get him home. And, oh, absolutely that is playing into this. I mean, I, I think it is. It's a readjustment. And it sounds like it's happening on all income levels. No, it is. Not, not it is. just it the, is. Not it just the, it the guys who work in the top suite. It's, you know, you don't see, you, like you said, you don't see the win- Wendy's and those fast food places are, are hurting for people. No, it, it, I it, think it, you've got a point. And well, it, it's, that level is doing it because, like Bill said, if, if, if the why would I work the last month of my life at a Wendy's where had they made me come to work all through the pandemic and they've treated me like junk and I'm not getting paid anything. And then at the upper levels, you're looking at I've been doing my job for two years from home. Why the heck should I have to drive to an office extra hour a day of commute on each direction? In the city of Houston, it's an hour. Right. Period. That's not well. A, he, yeah. Here's the, here's Think the of other California. California. Oh, like, yeah. California is like. Uh, I mean, Houston has traffic. California has traffic yep. and horrible highways. Yeah. On right. top of everything else. Right. <laughs> well, I can tell you this: the uh, the uh, good part of what's changing is I had a, a friend of mine tell me that creativity is up on all levels. Yep, and and that is because people that have delayed what they were going to do, the essence of their life, that it may not be money, but it's their passion or their interest. More and more people are saying that time is now, and so uh, the loosening up of the pan uh, of the uh, lockdowns because of the pandemic, everybody thought that wow, okay. People are like rubber bands, and they'll go back to exactly where they were before. No. They got stretched no, too long. That's right, and they're reevaluating their life, and it, they'll either get a new rubber band or maybe not one at all. If, if you want to see why more than two weeks to pause to hold everything was a bad idea, this is why. Because you could have done exactly what you did for two weeks, and everybody would have went back to normal what, and not what, blinked an eye. What have we said? We've said before, I mean, you, you might be the guy who said, how long does it take? How, how, how many, and it's a short time. How 45 many days to, to be, start a habit. To start Ooh, a habit. Yeah. 20, <laughs> 28, according to a Harvard study. Okay, oh, okay. Okay. Uh, okay, I've seen 25. But 28 yeah. consecutive yeah. times. 28 consecutive but, times. 28 <laughs> consecutive times, that establishes a yeah. habit. And yeah. we're way beyond <laughs> We're way beyond that. Well, and, it, but, but, and, and back, kind of direct it back. And so people realized what the distractions were. And so now they're focusing more on what it is. And I, I, I think that played a lot into what's going on here. It, to kind of go back to your original question, which was, you know, did the Israelites know what they were doing? Yes, but. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think they knew what they were doing, but I think there was two parts to it. I think, A, too many distractions, too many things going on, out of sight, out of mind. Shiloh's way down there. I, you know, I'm up here by the Sea of Galilee, and, you know, the temple's right at Shiloh's way down there where the tabernacle is. Mm-hmm. So it's out of sight, out of mind. And then number two, it's, it's, there's all this stuff going on around me, you know, and I've got, you know, 
I got to sell the crop somewhere. I guess that Canaanite city down there is where I'm going to sell it to. You know, so you're kind of doing that. And so it's a distraction. I think they knew full well what they were doing. But then I also think, because what I find interesting is most of the judges, as we read through, you don't hear about the judges being spiritual leaders. There is no real spiritual leader judge until we get to Samuel. You know, at the end of the judges, which is basically, you know, debate on if he's a true judge or not. But, And then the priest or the priestly line is not involved at all really until Samuel and then really once David gets started and then super because he kept Nathan on the court you know around and then from then it becomes the state religion so it's a little different but you don't hear about the Levites and the priest and all of that in this period of time and I wonder what their role was in all of this. That's, that may be worth examining as we go through this because we know by the time we get to Samuel, they're pretty corrupt. We, Samuel oh, yeah. is taken right. in by... by and, and, oh, yeah. And, and he's the... Well, his kids were... His kids' kids were not only dipping the offering plate, but dipping in the women who brought the, right. his the kids, offering plate. Not his kids, but his mentor. Eli. Eli. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, we're coming down to the end of podcast number 226. And, you know, I just want to go around the room one final time and get some takeaways from the fellows. And the thing about this particular story and my takeaway is this. There may be a time when you're out there and you're just like me. You're just a working slug, but you're faithful, you're reverent, and... All of a sudden, you're called to do something. I think there's going to come that moment in time where you're going to you're going to consider it, and you're going to probably say, "Why me?" Well, <laughs> this story pretty much says, "Why not you?" And uh, you may have you may have a tough bridge to cross too, but God uses people of experience, and He gives them with talent. And your talent may not exactly line up with what you're going to do, but you know what? It may definitely point you in that direction. And I think that is my takeaway from this particular story. And I'm going to hit up uh, the fellows one more time and uh, get a takeaway from the professor. So if you're a guy, keep, try to keep your focus on what, what's important and keep away from the distractions. And I'm going to throw something out for us to kind of watch as we go through, as we talk about, the judges, and in particular the idols. So this is from later in the prophets. This is from Malachi 2, uh, verses 7 through 8. For the lips of the priest ought to preserve knowledge because he is the messenger of the Lord Almighty, and people seek instruction from his mouth. But you, meaning the priest, have turned away from the way, and by your teaching have caused many to stumble you have violated the covenant with Levi, says the Lord Almighty. And Levi, of course, they're referring to the priest. And, and I think it's worth noting as we go through, where are the priests in all this? You know, the, the judges are called up, but the, pre, the Levites were given a very specific duty, which was to serve the Lord and direct the people in their spiritual ways. And I, I'm going to do some reading around and see where were the priests during all this? Because it sounds like they were out to lunch or distracted by other things. I, I think when you start to get into the later era, eras of the priestly, of the temple era, I think the priests are just out to lunch. They're, they're, just, they're just doing whatever they can. They're, they're, they're on the king's court, and that's all they're concerned about. Excellent. Uh, Producer Steve Fitch. I think we have to beware of rationalizing our idolatry. I I don't don't think... In our day and age, again, I I, I mentioned just a a moment ago how how we've begun to... uh, Well, how for a long... I think, no, we've got... For a long time, American culture has worshipped their careers and jobs even even in christian churches this oh, was yes. viewed as as a as a as a value 
and no, even even though it, it at home there were problems, and if you're if you do something long enough, it becomes normal. We we talk about the habit, but the the idea. Oh, my father worked his you know to the grave. My father, my my parents' marriage broke up, and their grandparents with this 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 has been going on for generations. This must be what life is like. Well, like we've talked about, suddenly this pandemic come along comes along, and people realize, hey, life doesn't have to be like this. Um, and this is a good time to return to the church because, and I know it's, it's right now because there's going to be pressure on going back. There's going to be financial pressure. Now is the time all those feelings that have come out that I'm spending time with my family, the going back to a good church will reinforce that as opposed to reinforcing the, bo- the voice of your bosses, the voices of your parents who said, a good man has a good job, and so it doesn't matter if you take, can't take the kids to school every day. It doesn't matter if you can't talk to your kids about homework. You're do- the thing you're supposed to do is be at your office 13, 14 hours a day or 10 hours a day or 60 hours a week and and we got a new car. And yes, yeah. and you got a new car. So yeah. so I'm I'm again. It, this is now a good time for many to reevaluate, just like Ehud did. And all he did was, I think, woke up one day and thought, "This there's got to be something yeah. better than this." Yeah, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not doing this anymore. It's changing today. <laughs> Uh, and thanks so much uh, for tuning in. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. And once again, hey, thanks so much for all our uh, to all our sponsors and supporters. We totally appreciate it. So, on behalf of producer Steve Titch, uh, <coughs> the professor Robert Koshu, my name is Bill Cox, and we're on this No Church Answers tour. So check out our new YouTube channel and. <coughs> If whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Pray.com. If you have a question or comment, you can go to our Facebook page or man-upspiritualoasis.com and post it there. And if you're unable to attend a church, check out the Sugarland Baptist streaming service. It is on Facebook, YouTube, and sugarlandbaptist.org starts Sunday at 9.45 a.m. And when you're ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate and find a small group, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School class that you can join for discussions like this. And find one that is men only. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.